Welcome to Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian, a podcast to help you become financially confident and boost your mental well-being. I'm Brian Ford, and my background is in financial wellness. I'm here with my pal, Bright Dixon, who's an expert in positive psychology. How you doing today, Bright? I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm a little chilly, but all in all, pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of cold down in these parts myself, but I always get warmed up when we do these podcasts. <laughs> I think it's more because I'm nervous, but uh, I'll just keep it real. So today, Bright and I are going to give you tips on keeping your finances organized. You'd be amazed how much of a difference this can make in your life. Yeah, I've really been waiting for this episode. I'm excited, mainly because I need to know some more myself. I've got questions about staying financially organized, so I can't wait to jump in. But before we do, we're going to take a quick minute to answer one of the recent questions we got from a listener about moving 401k contributions to a Roth IRA. Brian, it's clearly a financial question, so I'm going to let you handle this one. All right. All right. All right. The listener wrote, My wife and I both contribute 10% of our pay to our 401ks and receive a 6% match. Would it make sense to lower our 401k contributions to 6% and invest 4% of our pay into a Roth IRA so we can have both pre-tax and after-tax investments? Ooh, I like this guy. The short answer is sure. That would be a fine idea. I like his thinking. He does bring up a couple points that are worth discussing. First, I love that he and his wife are both investing 10% of their income into their 401ks. Nice job. Keep that going. I also like that they're receiving a match. That's good stuff. They're taking advantage of that company match. So his 401k is traditional and the IRA they're thinking of setting up is a Roth. Let me explain the basic differences between a traditional and a Roth. In a traditional, you're getting paid and you're putting the money in before it's taxed. And then years later, when you retire, you pay the tax. In a Roth, you're getting paid and paying the taxes first before the money goes into the investments. And then when you retire, you don't owe taxes. So you're going to pay taxes either way. It's just a matter of when, you know, his, his question really is, am I okay to have both? And the answer is sure. It's okay to have a traditional 401k and a Roth IRA. It really depends on when you need that tax break. Do you want that tax break now or later? I mean, if you're making good money and you want to lower your tax burden, you probably want a traditional You kind of want to grab that tax break now. If you're like, look, no, I'm okay. I can pay some more taxes now. Well, then maybe a Roth makes sense because then you put it in and you're kind of done. And that number you see on the screen, that is the number you'll get at retirement in a Roth. So there's just a few differences there. The second point I want to make on this question is this. What makes sense on paper does not always make sense in real life. What I mean is the academic answer to his question is yes, He could do that. He could have both a traditional and a Roth. However, if he's not careful to truly follow through on his plan to take the additional 4% and put it into a Roth IRA, which takes some effort, then he would have been better off just investing the full 10% in the 401k and leaving it alone. That's interesting. So it's all about the follow through on that one. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we can lay out these great plans and they, and they make sense academically and the math works out. But then all of a sudden, you know, in real life, it's like, oh, boy, they were saving 10% of their income, for heaven's sake. And they switched it up to kind of get this little advantage. And all of a sudden, then they didn't follow through on it. And they're missing out on that additional 4%, which could be thousands of dollars when they retire. Great point, Brian. Thank you. That was a great question from one of our listeners. We appreciate the emails we've been receiving so much. You too can send us a note. We want to hear from you, whether it's a personal win or a question, or maybe it's a topic you'd like us to discuss. Be sure to email us. The email address is askbrightonbrian at truest.com. Yes. Hit us up. Okay, Bright, you ready to get this organization party started? I've got my label maker and I'm ready, Brian. Let's do it. (laughs) Brian, I want to kick this one off by asking you a question. So in one of our previous conversations, you said that you clean your car when you're feeling stressed. Can you describe what that feeling's like after you finish and when you're standing there looking at that clean car? Yeah, well, I have a great feeling. You know, normally my stress is less and I have a clean car. Yeah, I love that. I do the same thing when maybe something's not going right. I'll organize something, right? I'll clean out a closet or a drawer or do something. Just being able to sort of have peace of mind when you're in your space and dealing with your life really helps and getting things organized really helps. Mm -hmm. There's a huge connection between organization and well-being. And there are a lot of benefits to staying organized, even though it takes work. So you feel more in control. You know where things are. You know what to do. You're more productive because you're not having to track things down. And you can even get better sleep in a clean space. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I've noticed that in my own life. And that's why I'm excited, you know, to chat about this subject. I'm excited for what's in store for our listeners really in just getting their finances organized. We know that money is a common source of stress, but man, you'd be amazed and surprised by how much you can reduce that money stress just by getting organized. Let's do it. All right, Brian. So let's say that I'm ready to get my financial life organized. Where do I start? What's a good place to put my foot in the water on this? Sometimes a good place to start is to find out where you are. And what I mean by that is, you know, where are you financially? And I don't know if you've ever been lost in like a, like an amusement park or a really big shopping center. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're like, man, where, where am I relative to like where I park? And, and maybe you even have to meet someone for lunch on the other side of the park. And you're like, boy, I am going to be late. Cause I don't know where I'm going. You're like texting the person like, Hey, I'm coming. I think I know where I'm at. But then sometimes all of a sudden when you're lost, In one of these places, you come up to this big map and on that map, there's a big red dot. And next to that red dot, it says you are here. So helpful. Yeah. And you're like, sweet. Now I know exactly where I'm at in relation to where I want to go. And I can get there, you know, much more quickly and efficiently. Well, the big red dot on your financial map is your net worth. And when you calculate your net worth, it's basically going to say you are here financially speaking. I love net worth. In fact, I think we'll probably talk about it in future episodes if I have any say in what we talk yeah. about. Cause like I say, so it is the most important calculation in personal finance. But for today, I just want to break it down kind of in simple terms. The way you calculate it, the math is simple it's all of your assets minus all your liabilities 
equals net worth. That's just a fancy way for saying all the stuff you own minus everything you owe equals net worth. And what's cool about it is it's very accurate. It's true. It's honest. And what I mean by that is, you know, Bright, some of the wealthiest looking people that you might know, they may have a negative net worth. Mm. You know, they look fantastic in their great house or jewelry. They got electronics. They got cool clothes, a sweet car. They don't really own any of that stuff. And the net worth calculation will kind of expose that a little bit. So net worth is a great place to start because you're forced to list all your assets. You're forced to list your liabilities and do a little math and kind of figure out that number. So it's a kind of you are here financially speaking. Another idea to find out where you are is to list all of your expenses to see where your money's actually going. Mm. So that's just another. I wouldn't say do both. Pick one. Like, you know, are you filling up for calculating your net worth? Awesome. Go. Or you're like, you know what? I just need to get a handle on where like my money's going. Cool. Well, then just take a little bit of time and list out all your expenses. But once you have your net worth or you have your expenses, you'll then have a better idea of what needs cleaned up. It's a jumping off point to being more organized. Yeah. And that's interesting, Brian, because I can imagine myself with both of those, I'm actually going to have to do some organizing to be able to calculate either of those, right? Like I'm going to have to figure out some passwords, right? Like all that kind of stuff. It might take me a hot minute of organization to even get to the starting point of the bigger stuff. Yeah. And that's, well, that's kind of the, I wasn't going to say that, but that's part of getting folks organized. Yes. You're thinking through this. You're like, look, and people kind of get focused on the net worth and like kind of that number, But just by going through that process, they will be forced to do a little organization. Same thing with expenses. You got to kind of look at your bank accounts. You might have to pull out that credit card statement. Going through that process will begin the organization process without even knowing you're getting organized. You're just Mm -hmm. kind of focused on that that task. So, all right. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to say that, but you just kind of exposed (laughs) my little secret way of getting people organized. Well, I mean, for me, like it's good for me to know it out front, because if I get surprised by it, I might quit and I don't want to quit. Okay. So, Brian, what other tips have you seen people do as a way to simplify and declutter their financial lives? Yeah. So here are three smaller, quick ways to declutter our financial life. First, follow what I call the one or two rule. Work with one or two primary banks, one or two major insurance carriers, one or two financial professionals. Also, we can limit the number of credit cards we use to one or two as well. Kind of anything that you can think of financially, you just don't need too much of it. Because over time, we tend to accumulate too much stuff. Mm -hmm. This is true of our financial life as well. So let's get rid of some of this financial stuff and limit ourselves to one or two. Very, very rational. Cool. So second, set up a simple filing system. This can be digital, you know, on on your computer or your phone, or it can be like real, like for hard copies. But the idea is that we want to keep all of our financial records and important documents in one place. So that if I were to say, hey, go get this mortgage statement that shouldn't stress you out. You should be able to find that without too much time or hassle. So the second is a simple filing system. Third, use online banking and go paperless whenever possible. 
the good thing about paperless is you have less paper. However, having lived this, you will receive more emails. That's just the way that it works. So every once in a while, go through your emails and unsubscribe or block emails from people or organizations you don't need anymore. I love that. I take great satisfaction in unsubscribing. It's one of my favorite activities. Good. Yeah. So as someone who loves simplifying and being intentional with my time and space, I love those tips. And I think that they're really make a ton of sense. Brian, I know you're really big on automation. Mm. How does this play a role? It might go along with online baking, but it, it sounds like there's an added level here. Oh, absolutely. When we automate our financial life, there's just less to do. There's less to organize because it's doing its thing automatically. <laughs> One of the most important parts of, of being organized is just not asking too much of our own willpower. Any financial plan that requires our constant supervision and restraint and vigilance, you know, this is going to sap our energy, probably won't work long term. So in other words, we need to remove the need for endless discipline by putting automated systems in place that don't rely entirely on our willpower, you know, for their maintenance. Lots of tools are available for us, you know, for automating our financial systems. A few that I really like are direct deposits. So just the way that you receive your money, make sure that's occurring automatically. Automatic transfers are great. Just going back and forth. And again, this all comes back to online banking, by the way, mm -hmm. which we just talked about. Online bill pay, another wonderful feature of online banking, which is great. And automatic payment plans as well. But really, when it comes down to it, this is something I think our, our listeners will appreciate. Every financial principle we learn. So anytime you learn a financial principle, whether it's on this podcast or you're reading a book or a cool article, every financial principle that we learn, we should ask ourselves, can this be automated? If the answer is yes, let's do it. And Bright, <laughs> we mentioned this a lot because I think this is one of our, our big themes, kind of our mantras. And I'd like to kind of just say in summary of these several ideas we've been discussing so far. I'm bringing back one of our favorite phrases around these parts. Focus on what you can control. You are the boss of your money. Yes, 100%. We love that. Control what you can. And, you know, with automating, control what you can. And one of the things you can control is not having to control all the time. It's kind of a meta way to think of about it. But automating things takes that. You're still in control, but you don't have to be constantly vigilant about it. Yep. All right, so next we're going to talk about how to mentally prepare yourself to go through this process of organization. We'll be right back. Okay, Bright, we've discussed the practical tips for getting our finances in ship shape. But without the mindset piece guiding us to take those steps, it can feel really hard to start. How do we get our minds right to organize our finances? Yeah, you know, a lot comes out, Brian, when we organize. Like I think about you and your car, cleaning out your car. You've probably got to take some stuff out of your car first, right? To really be able to get in there, clean, organize and put it back in the way it needs to be, right? And it's the same thing here. So sometimes we've got to get a little bit messy first. And for those of us who have emotions around money, which is all of us, we've got to be aware that we might feel some emotions as we're going through the process, right? Those come out too. So the first thing to do to stay in the game 
is to write down your why for getting organized. So why are you doing it? What are you getting out of it? Really answer that question and literally write out your answer on a piece of paper and put it someplace that you'll see it through your whole organizing process, right? Because sometimes we can get off track, right? Maybe we got to go get something or we get interrupted. Being able to come back sometimes is the hardest part. So keep yourself motivated by knowing what that end goal is and make sure that that end goal, your why, is really genuinely true for you. So not sort of something maybe you heard Brian and me say that seems like a good idea, but isn't really connecting with you. Make it be real for you. You actually want to feel hope and excitement when you read it. It's got to be real for you. The second thing is to get ready for those emotions. So we often avoid doing things like this because we know we're going to experience some negative emotions while we do it, like maybe anxiety, maybe some guilt, maybe some shame. The trick here is to let them surface without letting them stop you. So it can help to jot down your thoughts and feelings as they arise. There's a lot to learn there, right? So maybe you're going through your credit card statement and all of a sudden you start hearing yourself saying, I'm a terrible person, I'm a terrible person. There's something to learn there. It's not true that you're a terrible person, but there's something to learn. So if you stay focused on your why, you can keep going, right? So that's why you made it in the first place. So the way out of that is to stay with it, notice it, but keep focused on what you're doing. And the last thing for me, and this may seem a little amateur, but like make a plan. How are you going to go about this? What are you going to need? How much time do you estimate it's going to take? What documents, account numbers, passwords, other information do you need to get together to really get into the organizing piece? And I think that's where the net worth piece can come in, right? That's a great way to kickstart that. As you were saying, Ryan, writing down all of your expenses, going through it that way, that's going to help you get all of that stuff together. Yeah, I like these thoughts here. I like the thoughts around better understanding my why for organizing. Whenever I'm more clear about my why, I'm more motivated. Mm-hmm. And usually my why comes down to things that I care about, like like yep. some of my deepest values, whether that's my family. And I'm like, man, I got to get this organized because my wife's pissed at me like I got to pick up my socks you know or or like a lot of times it's peace of mind it's a feeling of security and so when I'm focused on those things it really helps me to get through stuff that maybe I don't want to do I will say the second thing that you mentioned is interesting for me it's around these get ready for those emotions and you mentioned that kind of oftentimes we don't like doing things because we know we're going to experience some negative emotions that's an interesting one for me because only recently have I realized that, right, in, in my life. Mm. I used to have these negative emotions and I used to avoid certain things, but I didn't always know totally why. It was almost like on a subconscious level. But now I'm like, ah, that's why. And and I'm okay yeah. to have those surface and I'm a little bit more prepared for them. And I'm like, it's all right. I'll, you know, I'll let those pass and then I'll continue on. But being more cognizant of those feelings only in the last couple of years has, has been a pretty big breakthrough for me for my mental wellness, which is cool. So anyway, I appreciate those thoughts. Yeah. Thanks for saying that, Brian. Like, I I think so many of us walk around that way and we're avoiding things because it's going to make us feel something we don't want to feel. And that pretty much always holds us back, especially from something that's relatively simple and relatively straightforward, like organizing your finances, right? There are ways to do it. So many of us don't do it because we're avoiding something. Don't let that get in your way. Love it. It's good stuff. 
And we do know that getting organized, it can take a little self-discipline. But nowadays, man, instant gratification, you know, things are so easy to come by. I mean, my goodness, you can refresh Instagram for new content. We now have one day shipping, one day shipping. I ordered a book. I think it was just like last week and it came that afternoon. It was crazy. Yeah. I ordered a Christmas present yesterday at one and it was here at four. It's crazy. Wild, right? Yeah, it's nuts. And like you and I are like, this is amazing. <laughs> like the next generation is like, like when it comes the next day, like one day shipping, like this is, this is bull crap. <laughs> I know. We're like, what? That's insane. That's amazing. <laughs> we can get food delivered with a few clicks. I, I, basically, there's a, there's a lot of instant gratification going around. But what are some ways we can get better at self-discipline, knowing that getting organized takes a little bit of it? Yep. So, Brian, I'm with you on as much as you can make things automatic rather than relying on willpower for everything. And if you can't fully make something automatic, do all of the things that line up that are going to like make you be more likely to do it. Right. The idea of like putting out your exercise clothes at night. So in the morning, you don't have to like push over the barrier of finding your shoes. So you're more likely to do it. It's it's kind of the same thing. And really the only way to build self-discipline is to practice self-discipline. Mm. And that is the, you know, unfortunate truth. But getting organized can help you do that. And automation can too. So part of a good organizing strategy is developing a system for staying organized for the future. So, so much of self-discipline is really just about good systems, setting reminders, creating a monthly financial review ritual, whatever works for you, do what works for you. If you don't know yet what works for you because you haven't been sustainably financially organized, you're probably going to go through some trial and error to figure out what does work for you. And this is a place where your why, again, is going to help you come back to what you need to do because you're really in touch with the benefits of all of this effort. So self-discipline, it's part of it, but self-discipline really only goes so far. Set up your systems and make sure you stay true to why you're doing this. Mm. That's good stuff. I like that. I remember, uh, you know, if if our listeners have ever read the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Mm -hmm. I really like Dr. Covey's material. This reminds me of that as far as organizing and putting systems in place, because with the seven habits, there's kind of these different areas we can live in. And and I remember, you know, a lot of people live in kind of this this urgent category. And sometimes when we're not organized, we always feel like we're going from one emergency to another. And to get out of that, we need to live in a totally different quadrant, which is important, but not urgent. Yeah. And organizing is one of those types of things that once you start doing it, It actually helps with everything else in your life, which is fantastic and allows you to remain organized, not just get organized. So I like those thoughts. Well, Bright, what about enlisting help? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Absolutely. Get help. So if you're not doing it well yourself, or even if you are and you just want some backup, reach out to a financial planner, a counselor, a coach to help you get organized, to make the best decisions for your goals and where you are in life. So it's likely going to cost you some money to hire someone, but that's also likely to be a really good choice, right? I think that's one of those spends 
that's really an investment over time. Because if you're organized, if your financial life is organized, you're probably going to end up making the most of your money. And that'll be basically a one-time fee that is an investment in you being able to do that over time. The same piece here goes with any kind of social support, right? So one of the things you can do is find a friend. Find a friend who also needs to get organized. You probably won't have to look very far and do it together, (laughs) right? Say, hey, like, I want to get this together. Will you be my accountability partner? And, you know, if you want to do it too, I'll be your friend on this. And maybe you can't find a buddy on that, but just ask a friend to check in on it. So ask a friend to ask you every two weeks, hey, how's that financial organization thing going? When we have social accountability, we are more likely to achieve our goal. Other people help. Other people really matter. I agree. I'm a big fan of enlisting help, especially when it comes to organizing. I'm not sure about you, but when a certain part of my house, like a closet or a room, has gotten a bit out of control and I just want to keep ignoring it. (laughs) I find that, you know, when someone jumps in and begins to help, a new energy surfaces for me. And then I gain momentum and then we get the job done way faster. I think the same thing can occur with your financial life. Enlist the help of someone and the combined energy can make one plus one equal three. Yep. And keep in mind, this isn't an all or nothing kind of thing, right? You don't have to do a complete overhaul of everything at once. Even doing just one or two of these tips can get you a little more organized and help you build that much more financial confidence. So you've got to balance your finances with your life and getting organized is going to pay off. So like our last guest, Valerie Burton mentioned, progress is better than perfection. Thanks for listening to this episode of Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian. Let's take a moment to recap the top takeaways from today. First, find your financial starting point. Identify where you are as a way to give you an idea of where you need to go next. Second, declutter and simplify your financial life. And number three, find your why and work your plan. Take control of what you're working with and move in the right direction for you. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe for episode alerts or share it with someone else. And don't forget the resources we have on the Truest Money and Mindset website. There's actually a great article on this topic you can find by simply going to truest.com. And in the little search box, you just search decluttering. All right, that's it for today. Looking forward to next time. This episode of Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian is brought to you by Truist. Truist.